Take your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you will. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I appreciate Colby getting the verses all up there. We are going to lay a foundation of biblical truth here before we get into the subject for tonight. But we're speaking on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, last time, uh, Wednesday before last, um, we, we were t- preaching on the uh, fruits of the Spirit. And we found that the, fr- the Holy Spirit produces those fruits in the life of a believer. And the more we yield to the Holy Spirit, of course, the more fruitful it becomes. Now, if you have a fruit tree in your yard, uh, which I do, I prefer to have a fruit tree that's fruitful versus one that's not. <laughs> I've had plenty of those before. Uh, they were just there. It seems like the blossoms came and everything looked good, and then a windstorm came and there it went. It was, whoa. And uh, never got any fruit off it. But uh, you want fruit, and the Holy Spirit of God does too. Now, He is the author of the fruit of the Spirit, and He brings that. We just yield to Him, and He does the rest. Now, the gifts of the Holy Spirit is something totally different. That is a gift that God gives to individual Christians. And every Christian has been gifted by the Holy Spirit of God to do a work within the body of Christ, within the local church a Christian attends, within the work of God around his life, and the Holy Spirit of God gifts that individual to have a capacity to minister to others for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. We do ourselves and the Lord a disfavor when we think that Those only are gifted who are pastors, missionaries, maybe Sunday school teachers, maybe the deacons, who knows, you know, and then some here, some there. No, no, every single child of God. That goes for children. That goes for teenagers. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, He has gifted you. Now, in many cases, we live our lives ignorant of those gifts and unaware that we've been gifted. But the more we understand it, the more we can serve in the body of Christ and be a blessing to Christians around us and those who do not know the Lord as we exercise those precious individual gifts that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, gives us. So we're starting reading. I'm going to read verses 1 through 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Verses 1 through 11. I'll not have you stand because this is just the first session of uh, section of, of Scripture. So follow along if the, on the screen if you can see them. Can you see them from over there? Well, you got this one here. Well, that's good that you can see from both ways. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. I just mentioned that many Christians are, but that's not the desire of the Holy Spirit because he puts it in Scripture. That is not just Paul's feeling about it because he is being inspired by the Holy Spirit to write the words that God wanted in the Word for you and I to get benefit of. I would not have you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols... I love that expression, dumb idols. Even as ye were led, 
Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaketh by the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are diversities of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And to one is given the Spirit, uh, the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another divers kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. I might add that word tongues means language. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. And now we look at Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. And by the way, this is part one. So tonight I'll talk about the gifts of the Spirit, and then uh, not next week, uh, but the following opportunity, I will go through the individual gifts and explain each individual gift of the Holy Spirit. But starting at verse 3, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness." And then we'll go to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. And now, these are not an inclusive list of verses dealing with uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but uh, it is, um, in all three of these together, are the majority. The rest of those would be found in the last few verses of chapter 12, of which we read the first 11 verses. So in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 through 12, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascendeth up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now he that ascended, what it is, but he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body 
of Christ. And let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, how I pray the Holy Spirit would meet with us. Lord, as we teach about your Holy Spirit, we certainly want his presence. We want to be yielded to him. We want him to control our thoughts, our minds, our wills. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help me as I speak of the Spirit of God. And, and Holy Spirit, manifest yourself in all of our lives by allowing us to understand what it is you want us to do as individuals and how you've gifted us, dear Father. And Lord, we cannot rejoice in our own gifting because that's what you do. We simply are to exercise what you've given us. We ask for your help in that. We ask for your aid to understand. And I pray that you'd give each of us a desire to minister the gifts that you've given to us. And I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. As we looked at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, as I mentioned, the fruit is what he produces. The gift is what he gives to us. It's an opportunity for us to be productive individually for the cause of Christ. And God allows us to be productive for the cause of Christ because of those gifts that he's given us. What a wonderful thing. God not only wants us to serve him, but he also gifts us to serve him. He equips us to do what he's asked of us. He wants every believer to serve him, and he allows every believer to do that because he gifts them. And not only does he gift that, it is the Holy Spirit who gifts those gifts of the Spirit. And because of that, he not only gives you the gift, but he also empowers you to exercise that gift. It's not like you get a gift and say, oh, well, I wish I could do something, but I just I can't do anything with this. No, he, he gives you the ability to exercise that gift for the glory of God. And it's just a wonderful thing that God would do that. It's like he gives you gifts to give. Uh, like on uh, Christmas, as, uh, as a young couple having children, it's for the first time we got to place Santa Claus. What a blessing, being able to give stuff away and see the joy on their little faces. Well... That's exactly what the Holy Spirit of God allows us as individual Christians to do on a regular basis, not just one day a year. We get to be a blessing to others because we exercise the gifts that God has given us, and the Holy Spirit empowers us to bring honor and glory to the Lord and be a blessing to those around us. So let me share some of the preliminary statements I'll share. I've got eight of them in all for the message here tonight. The first one is all spiritual gifts have the same source, same source, the Holy Spirit. And since the Holy Spirit is the author of that spiritual gift that I have, and he is also the author of the spiritual gift that you have, uh, there's no competition between Christians. We don't compete on how we exercise those gifts because the same Holy Spirit gave it to me that gave it to you and gave it to all other believers. 
We are not in competition. In fact, we are in cooperation. We are all serving God to the best of our abilities according to the gifts that he's given us and the power of the Holy Spirit to energize those gifts that we might be a blessing to others and bring glory to God. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what you're trying to do. And we're all working together. So there's no room for envy. You see someone get up here and sing a beautiful song. Oh, I wish I could do that. Well, I don't. I'm just glad they can, though. It's an amazing thing. I'm going to wait to heaven. Then I'm going to be singing all the time. Because I think I'll have a heavenly voice then. But certainly not now. I'll be singing congregational. Miss Vicky is saying, quiet. Uh, keep it down. Honey, you're so far off tune. I, well, I, I really don't know what tune is. So, but anyway, uh, I realize that because I have a wife. I, I realize that. <laughs> I don't know how badly I sound. Uh, and I think she's just kidding with me. There are diversities of gifts, according to 1 Corinthians 12, 4. There, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Same spirit. Whatever your gift is, same Holy Spirit then dwells you, same Holy Spirit indwells me, same Holy Spirit indwells Christians on the opposite side of the planet in every continent, in every country, in every city, in every village, in every hamlet, and everywhere there is. All born-again believers have been gifted by the same Holy Spirit. So there's no conflict. And don't let pride and desire to have someone else's gift trouble you. No. Because as we'll find, God knew what was the best gift for us. God knows the gift that fits us. And if you got someone else's gift, you'd probably be frustrated. You'd say, man, I wish I could do it, but I just don't know. And, uh, but God knows the gift he gives us. So all spiritual gifts have the same source, the Holy Spirit. Secondly, the Holy Spirit of God decides which gift to give us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 11. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit divideth to every man severally as he will. So God divides these gifts, the same Spirit, to every man. And then an interesting statement we probably don't use very much, severally as he will. Now that word severally is a word you and I would not use. That's a King James word, 400 years old. But let me explain what it means. Severally is the Greek word of which we get the idea of idiosyncrasies. Idiosyncrasies. What is that? Well, it's the little things we do that distinguish us from other people. It's the way you laugh. Have you noticed people laugh so funny? It's so different. Uh, as I've gotten older, uh, I've been reminded from someone I live with that 
I'm not going to get on Miss Vicky anymore, but someone I live with that I've started laughing like my father used to laugh. And, uh, but I am aware of that now, and I notice that. I, I, I'm, I'm starting to laugh just like my father did when I grew up as a child. Uh, people have all different ways of laughing. People have all different ways of expressing themselves. All of us have perhaps sometimes little tics where, you know, you scratch your head and you scratch your head and someone says, your head itch? Uh, no, I guess, uh, no, it really doesn't. It, I just, I don't know, I just do that. Uh, years ago, we had a teenager uh, that got saved in the, um, and started coming faithfully in the carpenter's hall. And um, you would see him, uh, and you could see him half a mile away. As soon as you could see him, you know who he is, and he's not facing you. You just see the back of him, but he'd walk like this. And you'd just, you'd see someone walking just like that, and you'd say, oh, there he is. We all have those different things. You can see, see the back of someone and just look at them and, and you can know who it is. By the way they walk, by the way they operate, by the way they do things. So idiosyncrasies are little ticks or little differences that we do that set us apart from someone else. It's how we act. It's how we respond. It's how we laugh. It's all of those things. And so what the Bible is saying is the Holy Spirit knows us. And knowing us, he takes that gift that fits us. He takes the gift that fits us. And so when you have that gift, it's going to fit like a glove. And when you start exercising it, you're going to find it, it comes natural. It's going to come natural to you. But what makes the difference is not just when you do it and it comes natural, it's when you do it and it's empowered and energized by the Holy Spirit of God. Because you're asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, take, take my gifts, Holy Spirit of God, please take my gifts and, and energize them and use them for the cause of Jesus Christ. Not to make us look good, not to make us feel good but that Christ is glorified and people are blessed and ministered to. Now, you don't have to be a preacher, teacher, missionary, any of that. Just a regular Christian that yields yourself to the Holy Spirit and ask him to energize those gifts that already fit you. It's already fit hand in glove your personality, your attributes, your abilities, but energize it so it's not you ministering in the energy of the flesh. One of the worst things a Christian can do is just minister in the energy of the flesh. Oh, I could do that. Well, yeah, you might do that. But first of all, God's not glorified by the flesh just because we exercise it. And secondly... It might tickle the ear, but it doesn't touch the heart. Only the Holy Spirit of God can do that. And so, 
we don't want to do things that only tickle the ear. Oh, that man's wise. He's smart. He's intelligent. Well, that, that's fine. But so was Einstein. But I don't think he was a devout Christian. But the thing is, we want to be energized by the Holy Spirit of God. Not so that we look good, feel, but so that God uses us. We want God to use every single one of us. Every Christian to be used of the Lord. What a powerful thing that is to know that though we're nothing, God would still use us if we'll ask him, yield to him. Thirdly, God decides where and how to use our gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 18 says, But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. So he takes your gifts, he gives those to you, you are a member of the body, but now he takes you as a member and places you in the body, having been gifted by the Holy Spirit to be a blessing to the rest of the body. It's a wonderful thing. God puts us in a church that allows us to be a blessing to those around us because the Holy Spirit of God does the placing. We're just his children. He places us. He puts us where he wills. And he does it as it pleases him. Number four, God has prioritize the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are given believers. Now, by prioritizing, it doesn't mean that some are very important and some are not important. It's just that God has a way of prioritizing things so we know first and second and third and fourth and fifth. And that comes with leadership. That means that God sets us in a body but it's an organized body. So, uh, for instance, if uh, someone was to throw a baseball at your head, and they're 20 feet away, and they throw a baseball at your head, all of your body is important, but you'd rather your hand hit it than your nose. Amen? You'd rather it hit you in the hand or the arm than the eye or the nose or the mouth. Now, it's not saying the hand's not important. What would we do without our hands? They're very important. But there are priorities. Priorities there. First of all, I think I have more nerve cells, uh, or at least pain receptors, in my nose than I have in my hand. I don't know. Our hands are full of nerves and they can hurt very well. But I'd still rather hit the ball with my hand than with my nose. So God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. And so there is a short list 
of spiritual gifts, and it's set in priority, which is interesting. Diversity of tongues is the last gift. Uh, It says first, and then second, and third, and then it keeps on going. But then it ends up with questions. Are all apostles? Are all apostles? Well, that's a question that is already answered. The the answer is no. No, they're not all apostles, or he would just stop right there. He wouldn't have to go to second gift, third gift, keep on going. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Have all the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? Yes. Oh, no. But some people will say yes there. But the obvious answer is no. It's no, 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 no. Do all interpret? No. But covet earnestly the best gift, and yet I show... uh, show I unto you a more excellent way. And then chapter 13 about charity and love is going to be given in the very next verse, chapter 13 starts. So God prioritizes these gifts. He's not saying one's more important than the others. It just means God has a system of priorities. Uh, For instance, in, in the marriage relationship, God holds the husband accountable and asks him, to be the leader of that home and the spiritual head of that home. It does not mean he's any more important than a woman. God has certainly blessed and gifted her to be very, very special. It's just that when it comes to accountability, God has someone who is accountable first in the home. Same in the church. Everyone has an office, every member, every body, every child, every teenager, everyone in an assembly of believers is vitally important. And we all are to carry out the job that God has for us. But the Bible says, obey them that have the rule over you as those that watch over your, uh, watch over you uh, as though they could, would give an account And you ought to make that uh, an accounting of joy. Otherwise, it's unprofitable for you. Now, I don't understand the full implication of that. And I I just murderously misquoted everything of it, but I got the idea of it. But the idea is God says, follow the leadership of the pastor of that church because he stands before God on what takes place in that church And if you were to be a divisive member, uh, it would not be profitable for you. You'd like him to be able to talk about you with joy. And that's what the Bible says. I don't know the full implication of that. I don't know if pastors are called up for the judgment seat of Christ to give witness uh, to something God already knows. Uh, I, I would doubt that. But I just know that that's what God's Word says. So it doesn't mean the pastor is any more important than an usher, than a deacon, or a teacher, or any other believer fulfilling their spiritual gift in that body of believers. It's just I have responsibilities that others do not, and our pastor 
Pastor Layman has responsibilities that, praise God, now I do not have. My wife and I pray for our pastors, our pastor every single night. Because having pastored for 47 years, I know the weight of that. I know, I know what keeps you up at night sometimes. And uh, we need to be praying, and I hope you are too, praying for your pastor every single night. He has burdens that you would never know about and he couldn't share. And not just burdens that his family would have, but burdens of members that uh, maybe have challenges going on in their life. So, so God prioritized the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The fifth thing is the manifestation of your spiritual gift begins with a concentrating of yourself to God. That's where it always begins. You yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit of God. For instance, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We picked up in verse 3 and started reading. But verses 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So if we want to exercise those gifts to the best of our ability, the very first thing we do is consecrate ourselves to the Lord and we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit of God who is the giver of the gift, the one who empowers the gift, the one that gives us the ability to minister the gift and uh, equip us effectively in the carrying out of that gift that he's given us in the body of Christ. So yielding, yielding to the Lord. As we've studied the Holy Spirit and will continue to do for several more weeks, let me say that it, it always gets back to that, doesn't it? It's not what you know about the Holy Spirit, it's are you yielding to the Holy Spirit? Are you asking him, are you... Are you saying to him, Holy Spirit of God, I yield myself to you. Give me wisdom as I raise my kids. Give me wisdom in my marriage. Give me wisdom in my ministry. Give me wisdom in the job that you've given me. Give me wisdom. Help me, Holy Spirit of God. Yield yourself to the one who has all the power to let your life count for the cause of Christ. Yield to him. Say, well, what would that look like? Uh, it looked like this. Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you. You don't have to fall on the ground. You, you don't have to cast dirt in the air and have sackcloth on. You, you don't have to get on your knees for an hour. You, you just have to have a heart that says, Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you. And he considers you now yielded. Because you're asking with a sincere heart. It's not just saying something, but it's having a sincere heart to let the Holy Spirit of God use you. Number six, it is possible that you will have a combination of spiritual gifts. Not only is it possible, it is very, very likely that you have a mixture of different spiritual gifts. And usually in that mixture of spiritual gifts, 
there is going to be a priority that God gives to your life and the gifts that he gives you. So you'll have a dominant gift, you'll have a secondary gift, you'll have a third gift. So the gifts that you have will be in a position that even if someone else has those same gifts, their position may be in a different order. Because he gives it severally, He, he matches it to you. And so even though you may have the same gift as many other believers, the the way God structures that gift in your life is going to be different. Here's one example. Pastor. And and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. (coughs) It's a gift. Those are gifts to the church that's given by Christ. When he led captivity captive, he took Hades and took them to heaven. He gave gifts to men and to his church. Teacher. What might be the gifts of a teacher? Well, it says, first of all, you've got to be apt to teach. You've got you to be able to teach, have a desire to teach. Be willing to be yielded to the Holy Spirit to to let God's wisdom and knowledge flow through you to teach others, apt to teach. So one of those gifts would be teaching. Then hospitality. If you're not very hospitable, uh, it's going to be awfully hard to have people stick around to minister to. Administration. Um, That is many times a strong gift in pastors. I've known many Pastors have very strong gift of administration. I've always felt I've been weak in that. So I've always tried to hire and, and uh, appoint staff around me that are gifted in administration. And by administration, I can come up with the idea, but all the details to make every idea work. And I've been so thankful if I could point the way the staff could make it happen. And so uh, you're going to find that some gifts you'll be strong in and some gifts you'll be weak in. Uh, Ruling, exhortation, ministry, evangelist, soul winner, discerning of of spirits, faith, mercy, giving, etc. Let me stop there. I said soul winner for evangelist. Evangelist is actually taking the word of God, ministering to other saints or to a church. Uh, Everyone has the command to share the gospel. Let me clarify that. And then number seven, what gifts we have been given, God expects us to use. He doesn't give give a gift not to use. Romans chapter 12, verses six through eight, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, if you've got that gift, it says, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry. Maybe that's your gift. Let us wait on our ministering. Now, that doesn't mean wait to minister. It means uh, waiting on, uh, for instance, a waiter. A waiter uh, doesn't just stand around in a restaurant waiting. They are looking for opportunities to wait on others and serve others. And so let us wait on ministry. Let us look for ways to minister. That's what it means. 
or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, or he that giveth, let it do with simplicity. In other words, if if God has given you that gift of giving, uh, you don't make a fuss about it. You don't don't wave the check in the air and say, looky, looky. you, you, you don't drop your tithing envelope upside down because you have a big figure. See, it's not about show. You do it with simplicity. As unto the Lord. We're not looking for people to applaud our gifts. We're just looking to use our gifts. And, and, and as a pastor, I, I would say that's a very important gift. Uh, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. Churches always need more funds to do more ministry. He that ruleth, let him uh, with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. And finally, the last point. God desires us to use our gifts to edify or build up the church. That's what the word edify means, to build up. God desires to use our gifts. So our gift is not for us feeling better. Our gift is to be a blessing to others and to bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me try to illustrate it this way. Um, If the Holy Spirit was to give us a gift, and this is the gift, he gives us a gift so that we can use that to be a blessing to others. It wasn't for me. He didn't give it to me. He gave me a gift to give. For instance, uh, on Sunday mornings, we have a, a little gift bag for visitors. In addition to that gift bag that has some information, a few nice things in it, we give a coffee card. Now, the person who stands near there, that visitor reception area, they are giving a stack of coffee cards. But they don't say, wow, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Stick them in his pocket and go get in his car. (laughs) No, we give them those stack of coffee cards to give to that visitor. So it's not for them. In fact, no person who's handed that out has had one cup of coffee on any of those cards. It's not for them. But they have the joy of giving them to someone else and seeing people every Sunday say, well, thank you. That's awful nice of y'all. Well, I didn't buy it. I'm just the giver. And you didn't earn the gift. You didn't get the gift. You didn't uh, seek the gift. It was a gift that was given you by the Holy Spirit because he knows you intimately and he desires to empower that gift so that you can be a blessing to others. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12, Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. It's all to build up others, those around us. There's, there's a lot of ways you can do that, but it's going to be tailor-made to your spiritual gift. 
one of the things that uh, I try to do, and I believe it's part of the gifting that God gives, is I'm always trying to look for ways to compliment someone at church. I think when you go to church, Christians ought to try to make you feel good and blessed and happy. And, and I try that. You look sharp today. That's a nice outfit. Oh, I love those shoes. And, and if I say that to a man, I've got to really love them. I've got to say, that's stylish. I, I don't have a pair like that. Take them off. I, I'd like those. Uh, but look for opportunities to encourage, to bless, and help others. Because, folks, that's why we're here. Now, how are we going to come to church and be aware that we're here to be a blessing to others? It all gets back to saying, Holy Spirit, please help me. Please help me. Now, I don't know a teacher or a preacher or an evangelist. I don't know of any. That what before they teach or before they preach or before they do anything, there's a time in their life where they're saying, Lord, you've got to help me. Lord, you just, you just got to help me. I need your help. I want you to use this truth to be a blessing. Please, please, Holy Spirit. Please, some way, somehow use me. Flow through me to be a blessing to others. And wouldn't it just be a wonderful thing if every one of us Christians thought that same thing, prayed that same thing before we ever stepped foot on church property? Lord, help me to be a blessing. And then wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if we just prayed that every day because even on Mondays when we're not going to church, we're going to the grocery store, we're going to work, we're going to see people. Holy Spirit, help us to be a blessing. You pray, and he activates your gift. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Let God minister to all of us and think about what your spiritual gifts may be and then just ask the Holy Spirit to use you, empower you, yield to him, let him have his will. Let him have his way. For those watching online, you pray. You ask the Holy Spirit to work in your life. You yield to him. You ask for his help. Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had together. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God, for the gifts you give. And you don't just hand them to us and leave, but you're there to help us and, and empower those gifts for your glory and the exaltation of our Savior and the benefit of Christians and others around us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you enable us to be laborers together with God because of these gifts you've given us. 
Now bless these good people and those who've watched online, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.